This is a HeadGum Podcast. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. episode of Just a Tip, an advice podcast that's equally about the tangents as it is about its tips. I'm your host, Megan Mattoon, and today I have not only one friend, but I have two friends here to help me help you. Dia and Meg Frampton, hello! 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 Can you guys harmonize a hello? Hello! <laughs> I, I'm hey. on the spot. <laughs> I was going for it! Why weren't you going for it with me? Let's do it again. Hello! 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 Oh. Hello! <laughs> Wow, this that is was interesting. Because oh, I guess it's really hard because you kind of have to stop. <laughs> You're right. That didn't make a lot of sense. You have to stop in order to harmonize? Well, we were trying to do like a barbershop harmony where there's like seven on top of each other, but there's only two of us. <laughs> so it kind of just ended up being not harmony, just us singing up a scale. <laughs> no, I, when we were listening to your podcast, we were listening to the intro song and I was like, Meg, we should write her an acoustic <gasps> little intro song for special <laughs> podcast occasion. When I we're love here, that. We'll do it for well, you. Well, here's a guitar. I don't know. <laughs> um, that I do feel like I am the only one that doesn't have the talent of singing in here. And that may be true. If you were to give someone singing advice that can't sing, what would you say? Oh, my gosh. I feel like your speaking voice is so sexy and like kind of raspy. Like I feel like I you agree. would be a really good singer if then you— Then why can't I? Have you tried? <laughs> How many times have you— Really tried. But like, well, a lot, I think. Maybe I just don't have it. Can Do you think you can teach singing or do you think you have to be born with it? I think you can definitely teach singing. Oh, for sure. I, I actually was not born a good singer. I had terrible pitch. I couldn't sustain notes. I didn't have vibrato. I really had to, I still work. I still go to lessons as often as I can afford. I'm just constantly working. But I do think if you have a good speaking voice and you can project like you, yeah. then you, you're already, half the battle is won. Oh my gosh. Okay, great. I'm so confident now. Okay, maybe I'll try. I found something on YouTube. It was like a YouTube video that was teaching scales, I think. And I would do it in bed right before I went to bed. It was like a ritual that I tried to like implement for like a Ooh. week. And then I just gave up because I was like, I don't think I can do this. I to You know, there's so many dancers that can transition to singing too because you're already so in tune with your body and you have that kind of breathing with your body that I feel like you would pick it up pretty fast. I'll give it a shot. Yeah. I was told from an early age that I was tone deaf, and I believed it for a long time. But then oh. I play uh, Heads Up with my friend, and there's one category that's like, like, play it DJ or something like that. And then my friend doesn't know any of the lyrics, and I'm like a lyric queen, so she does melodies, but she's perfect pitch. So mm. it's easy for me to hear because, like, she's so great. But other than that, like, I can't really do anything musically. Don't say negative things. Okay, you're right. I can, I can. <laughs> if you guys listening haven't figured out, Megan Dia are singers from the band Megan Dia. Uh, you guys recently played Vans Warped Tour. Is that right? Yes, we played New Jersey. By the time this comes out, we will have played San Francisco, which is tomorrow. Ooh. So, yeah, that's been fun. Our first Vans Warped Tour was back in 2006, so it's kind of a trip. Whoa. It's been a long time. Wow, that was the last time you were performing. We played We played it for three years. I think the last year was 08, but mm. we did it for three years. Yeah, so oh. this this time we 
we're trying to get back into the swing of things, get back into the vibe. So I wore this really dark, like, eyeshadow and eyeliner, and we wore all black and, like, tried to be all punk rock. And yeah. then we are like, mm, this isn't working so much. So the next <laughs> show, we're like, let's get back into our normal clothes and be, like, in our 30s and, like, sing and play how we play and sing. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. So when you put, like, you wore black and put makeup on because that's how you wanted to be seen or because you felt like it would take you to the next level? Like, what was the— oh. Just because we wanted to feel part of Warp Tour, like Warp Tour is just punk rock, like everybody's an eyeliner and like cutoffs and yeah. like really hardcore, you know. And so we were thinking, let's be hardcore and like tough too, you know, because that's how we tried to be back when we played it yeah. years ago. But it just was not comfortable because <laughs> it was right. not us anymore. Ooh, and it you used know? to be. Yeah. Well, ah. kind of a little bit. It's interesting, like, I would love to hear your take on this because a lot of times, like, I feel like I, as a creative, like, kind of molding yourself into kind of what will work for other things versus yeah. having things come naturally to you and stand your ground and stand your power of being your individualistic self versus, you know, like, shifting and put your, putting yourself in a box so that people can mm. easily digest it. Totally. Like, another thing that we had to do, speaking of that, was on that last Warped Tour, the first Warped Tour day, every, every other band was like, hey! Warp door, welcome to you know the show, and just shouting and shout yelling at the audience. Yeah, and like D and I were like, okay, should we should we do that? But like our thing is like awkward banter, yeah. so we had to be like, no, let's do what we do. You know, yeah. it's constantly like this is how we're expected to be, and then we'll kind of try it a little bit, mm -hmm. and then it doesn't work, and then we just go back to how we are. Right. You know? But I think that's so powerful because a lot of people that are starting in this industry are wanting to be creative or wanting to express themselves on a grander scale. Like you're kind of pushed into trying that. And, and it's also on the other hand of like being open enough to try that instead of being so stuck in your ways. So it's good to kind of play with that and then realize what's comfortable for you and stick at it. Yeah. I feel like it's taken us a long time to figure out who we are. Same. Just being in, in your 30s and kind of still realizing you don't have it figured out. Well, you, you're constantly changing. Especially, yeah. like, if you go through a quarter-life crisis like I did. Like, like we then all you do. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Then you change and do a different thing. So you're trying to figure out who you are in your 20s. And you finally kind of get a hold on it. And then something happens to you. Then you change again. And it's like, maybe you don't have to define yourself. Exactly. Oh, yeah, truly. And like you don't have to label things. Like yeah. even if you're like uh, uh, something I learned recently that I'm still like trying to implement into my brain is like when you have emotions, like those emotions don't define you. Mm. That's just like what's happening to you. That's yes. what you're experiencing you. Like yeah. I am not jealous. I am feeling I'm jealousy. I'm feeling jealousy. I'm not sad. I'm feeling sadness. Yeah, sadness is present. Right. And the thing is like accepting it, not trying to push it away because yeah. the more you resist, the more it persists. Totally. Like it will never go away if you ignore it. So It'll going through always, that right now. Yeah. <laughs> and so like something is like if you're feeling these emotions, just kind of like let them like drip over you, almost like swim with them mm. in like a very like bohemian way of saying it. Mm -hmm. But like don't bathe in them. Yeah. You know, let them like drip off. Totally. Totally. But I think also like what you're saying about of changing, if something happens to you, if you don't change, that's the issue. Like <sighs> yeah, change so is true. good. So true. Evol like evolving is changing. And so if you don't want to change, you're never going to evolve. It's so hard to change though. I feel like my acting teacher was talking about how people really say they want to change, mm. but deep down they want, they love the comfort of what's familiar, even though it's not safe and and people only change when what was it the the pain of staying the same was too much than the pain of changing right or, does that make sense absolutely i did not yeah. say it as eloquently <laughs> as she did but yes no that makes it so much sense i think i saw a meme the other day that was like uh it was supposed to be a quote from the universe but it said <laughs> i had to make you uncomfortable or you wouldn't move Ooh. dash mm. the universe I still feel that. I was like, yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so much truth to that statement. So much. But going back to Warp Tour, Dia, you were the tour manager for Warp Tour. Is that right? <laughs> she was, basically um, is. Yeah. I, I was trying to be, but Dia, let's face it, you were. Yeah. That's the truth <laughs> of the situation. Even though I'm older, too. Like, you still take care of all of us. I'm very much a mother <laughs> to everybody, uh -huh. which is a problem. I think it gets in my way. No, it gets in my way with Meg and I's relationship. It's gotten in my way in, in 
romantic relationships. I'm just that person who's like, the theater's cold. I think you need a sweater. Oh. Um, no, you need a sweater. And that's my kind of MO, and it's annoying to people. <laughs> I'm trying to change. Oh, my gosh. That's where it starts. Being wanting to change is the start of change. True. So that's great. Well, there's also nothing wrong with being loving. (laughs) Do you think that it's really hard to switch hats from being singing in artistry to like the business and like the logistics of tour managing? Or is that something that comes really natural to you? I actually think it's really hard. And I've been more stressed than I have in a long time because We're with an indie label right now and they're great, but this is actually my fifth record label. So I just, I feel like I've kind of seen a lot of the business with being with a a small indie label like Doghouse, then Warner Brothers, then Universal and and, um, all these different homes. And it's frustrating to see the business side of it, to Mm. try to get songs placed in film and TV or to set up our own publicity or interviews and, and things like that. And, um... It's hard, but it's fun when things come together like this. I was telling you that we really wanted to do this podcast, yeah. and this is the thing that we were excited about and we so liked listening to. Oh, side note, <laughs> I was listening to your podcast the other day, and I realized that you guys were uh, both cheerleaders, and I thought that was really funny because <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm sitting with two Megs, and they're two cheerleaders, and I was like, <laughs> what? Why? Ooh. What was your position in cheerleading? I, what was, stunt? A, I was a base. Which one? Main base, side base. I was a, I was a back, like the back, the back spot, back spot. Oh, yes, not, that, yeah, you're held tall. the ankles and threw them up yeah. and yeah. <laughs> throw those ankles. Were you a flyer? I well, in the sixth grade I was, but then your girl hit puberty and then <laughs> I was on the ground. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> it was a main base, but I killed it. I was a, yeah. I was bomb ass main nice. base. Nice. It's so much fun. Yeah. It's really hard to describe to people the intensity of the cheerleading that I did. I don't know if you did competitive cheerleading. Yeah, we did. But like, it's so different. And I'm, I'm telling people, it's not like what you see in Greece. It's not high school musical. It's not like the football cheerleaders, you know, pro. It's real. It's really hard. And I think like the NCAA listed it as the most dangerous sport in like 2012. What? Because all the people that all the <laughs> we girls get, that were getting dropped. Two, we have more injuries than oh. like pro football players. Oh my God. Did it's you ever hard. get injured? I had a concussion. Yeah. <gasps> mm-hmm. From cheerleading? Yeah. Someone dropped me. Oh well, God. I would say five people dropped me because that's how many people were underneath. Oh, I would feel so terrible if I dropped somebody. Five but people dropped me, you? Yeah. Let me ask you, why did you first get into cheerleading? Like, what made you want to do that? Because I got asked that question the other day, and I was like, I don't want to answer you honestly. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Is the but answer boys? Was it boys? It was for me. But yeah. what was it for you? God, I can't remember. I don't even think I saw a boy until the sixth grade. <laughs> um, what was it? I, I honestly don't know. I think maybe my sister wanted to do it, and we were so close. And so I was like, yeah, sure, I'll do that. And then I ended up really loving it, especially, like, the competitive nature of it. yeah. I don't think, yeah, I would love a real answer, like one that I can pinpoint. A boys is a great answer because that's, you know that. I don't know why I started. But it seemed like you got way more serious because Meg did it through high school and stopped and dated I, I some hot guys. I did it for two years. <laughs> dated some hot guys. Yeah. But, but you're like a professional <laughs> yeah. dancer, so it must have been a different kind yeah. of situation. Yeah. But Meg wouldn't have dropped you. That's, that's so let's nice. just throw that I, out there. I really hope that I wouldn't have. She would have oh, been your strong so base. It was my back spot's fault because mm. they're the, they're almost like the last line of defense before the ground. Mm-hmm. And like this I will say is real. Is right before it was I was doing a liberty which for everyone that doesn't mm-hmm. know liberty is you're standing on one leg and your other leg is in a posse like a flamingo. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it was this one <laughs> this stunt or another one but the thing about being a flyer is like you're on the ground for a second and then you're not in the ground and you can't hear anybody anymore so like what I had done this is so embarrassing but here we go I was young we all have gas I want I like launched off the ground but at the same time with like gusto I had let out like some gas and then I couldn't you know I wasn't there to, <laughs> to defend myself I was up in the air so maybe they were like nah this bitch is gonna do that in front of us she's going on the ground oh no <laughs> so I could it, who knows why oh my god <laughs> or I had terrible balance it was one or the two oh my either way gosh. I guess it was my fault no <laughs> that no. was not your fault you said that Meg you dated a lot of hot guys 
Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't say like like during my cheerleading years. Yeah, I would say there was a a basketball player. Ooh, so it was like your typical role. I was kind of like the nerdy young sister who these hot guys would come like wait in the door for Meg and I was like, hi, 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 do you want water? They were cute. They're cute. They're you sweet. need water. It's hot. You start being the mom there. But now um, I feel like if somebody asks Meg out, I'm just like, oh, you guys are getting Italian food? I love Italian food. Uh, let me grab my jacket. Oh, yeah. I'm just like that annoying person now where you have to like keep me away from just bombing all of her dates do you guys have a very similar type or is it completely separate it's actually completely separate really so different okay go for it what's your type list them out tall lanky nerdy white guy same what meg really yes (laughs) okay i'm not alone guys every cheerleader (laughs) may like that (laughs) i thought i was like the only one that was into oh no oh no i'm like give me some bronze skin that's my sister really yeah oh it's so different I might be a little bit into Asian guys. Oh, or like fun. A little bit diverse, you know. Yeah. A little bit blended. <laughs> blended. I don't want to discriminate against any type, but, you yeah. know. But I've, I've found, I don't, know if you, what, I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but getting older, when I was young, I was just like, give me the hot guy, give me the six-pack abs, give me the leather jacket, yes. <laughs> and now... If if I meet somebody and they're not initially super attracted to me, it, I don't know if it is being in my 30s, but it is a little bit of like it's not the body, it's the being. It's it's Ooh. it's really I don't know, I like to give people an opportunity to surprise me. Not saying you're getting you, some depth. I, I don't in know. your old age. I'm just saying that <laughs> it, it used to be like that guy's hot and it was physicality that was the instant attractor and now I feel like I'm attracted to intelligence. I'm attracted yes. to um, their view on the world and, and how they treat their mother and mm-hmm. how they treat children and, and you know, wait staff yeah. at the restaurant. It's just— Oh, God. Yeah, that's so important. Yeah. And, and I found that lots of guys that I'm not initially attracted to physically at first, give me a month and I'll be like, let's go. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> I feel the exact same way. I— I'm dealing with something right now where I'm so close to one of my friends and like I have trust issues, but he's one of the people that I can really trust. And like we have such a good rapport. We're like little inner kids playing. And it's my favorite thing. Like when you find someone that you can just be yourself with, be silly. You don't have to try to be funny or smart. Like you already are all these things. Mm -hmm. The issue that I'm dealing with is like the pheromones, like pheromones and liking the way they smell Mm. and like the way their neck is when you're Mm -hmm. in it. Like that's a part of it that is, is more like primal and physical, Mm -hmm. but like it's not matching up. I'm Mm -hmm. like, oh, if someone like held a gun to my head, God forbid, and was like, marry someone, like I would marry this guy. Mm -hmm. Except for like the pheromones Mm -hmm. aren't there. Has that ever happened to you? Yes. Really? Oh, yeah. And I Pretty recently, actually. But I've been kind of thinking, I've been struggling with this too, because I'm like, how important is that? And my, the answer that I've gotten through kind of like looking through into my deeper self or whatever is that it's it's really quite important you it can't be ignored and just like what you said when you find somebody that is like your other half and you're so comfortable and silly and fun and then if you don't have that kind of animalistic like right i want to rip your clothes off right now yeah then where do you go and then i get scared cuz i'm like what happens 10 years from now when we're when you know we're sick of each other and we're we're I just feel like you have to have that initial spark because it kind of, I don't want to say it dies after time, but it kind of mellows out regardless Mm -hmm. of how strong it is in the beginning. Absolutely. I think that like you can have so many different kinds of relationships with so many different kinds of people, you know, like with this guy that you're talking about, maybe just have that like really close love for each other Mm -hmm. that isn't sexual right. and that's okay like, what are it you gonna do <laughs> <laughs> I love that I have to decide how does this story right end? I don't know I truly don't know were you guys friends for a really long time we've dated actually in the past so like seven years ago we have already dated but like we haven't done all the inner work on ourselves to understand like who we truly are we were like immature and controlling and just kind of like all over the place um and so now we after such a long time coming back and like being who we really are and our souls are connecting, but I'm not like all the way in. So it's just like, 
I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah. If you don't want to ask, answer this question, please don't feel <laughs> uh, like, but how do you. Meg's face is so Meg's I was like, like, how can you not answer after that <laughs> intro to a question? Like, no matter how uncomfortable I felt, I would just feel like it was coughing out if I didn't answer Meg it. Meg always says that I'm too blunt and I make people feel uncomfortable. That's but- probably just me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Megan probably feels comfortable. Okay, now with that build up, ask but the no, question. This question's stupid, but I wonder, you know, if you were friends or you dated before and you, then you kept being friends and stuff what kind of brought you back together in maybe a romantic way or has that happened yet like what what is it is it like all of a sudden you're sitting in a movie theater and he brushes your hand and you're like huh or what is it it is interesting well this particular situation like we weren't friends for so long but I think that an issue that I have with people that I've been intimate with in my past, if they came back, I would almost be gun shy because I'm like, we've already done this before. We've already given it our all. And then we've already had a falling out. We realize we don't work. And so when I hear my friends like get into relationships again and again and with the same person and it goes back and forth, it's like at some point, when are you going to know that that's not okay? And like, you need something else. But on the other hand, it's like, why are you holding people to their pasts? If if that mm. was them back then, you, all you have is now. And so why don't you act on the now? Well, I think that the difference is, is like, for example, in my last relationship, we broke up and got back together and broke up and got back together. But each time it was like a period of like three months that we broke up. It sounds like you've been right. separated from this guy for like years. Mm. And like a lot of personal growth has happened. So I think if the time period is like, Longish, mm-hmm. then maybe you can like revisit, you know? Yeah. Like, rather than like jumping in and out so so fast. Think about you at 23 and you at 33. It's like, a, oh my God. Ugh, 23 like, would, and 25. That is <laughs> so true. That is so true. It's crazy. Oh. I don't know where you guys are at right now, but now that we're on the topic of this and we're really getting deep in here, it's like sometimes I'm just nervous to like commit all the way for the rest of my life. Oh my gosh. I am <laughs> really? Why right would you there be nervous you. about that? It just seems like such a lighthearted decision <laughs> no. to try to make. Okay, <laughs> Meg and I are from Utah. All of our friends got married at basically 20 years old, if yeah. not younger. And I think I'm the only one out of my friends back home that isn't married. Okay. And is, but even our friends here that are like not younger are are married too. Yeah, everyone's like getting married right now. Like all of them. But it is scary thinking about waking up with this person every day for the rest of my life is like, Bleh. My thing is when there's labels put onto something, there's so much more pressure and it mm-hmm. almost like inherently changes the balance of it. So like whenever I get close enough to, to be someone's girlfriend, as soon as I am their girlfriend, everything changes. Yeah. And like, I don't yeah. want to do things as much anymore because oh, now yeah. I have to, it feels yep. like. And like, everything is just so different. And so my goal would be to like, just wake up every day and go, you still want to do this? You still want to be with me? I still want to be with you. Let's go. But then at some point, I know I'm going to want to be married. So it's like, I don't... Oh, I resonate. I All that stuff. I got goosebumps because of how much <laughs> I like connected with what you just said. Right. What do we do? I don't get a jacket, I guess. Okay. <laughs> For the goosebumps. <laughs> I like that answer. <laughs> it's scary, man. We need to find like female partners to always be friends with so we won't ever be alone and have a house together in Italy. So like <laughs> love this. And then men can come by. <laughs> Les should we be gay? No, I love the answer? should we be? <laughs> what is, I'm just saying we can all hang out together so we don't have fear of being alone. And then when a man comes around that fits, you know, checks all the boxes, we can wave goodbye to them. But you know, like, uh, okay, sorry. I was not, I was kind of listening to you, but mostly like <laughs> thinking about what Megan said, which was, that's kind of what Meg but, says to me all the time. I'm, I'm kind of listening to you. Can you go back to that thing you just said? I'm listening. <laughs> but like... You can get married and you can get divorced. Yeah. Which sucks. Like, I just went through crazy breakup. I don't know why I'm offering that information Ten years. to everybody. Ten years? Sorry. Yeah. I'm offering the information. Oh, my God. We don't have to. We don't. I mean, we can if you want. Like, but what, but what I'm saying is, like, things aren't as permanent as you think they are. Yeah. Even with the labels. Even with society's pressure. Like, right. you can still change. Like, it makes it harder, obviously. Like, it's so much easier just to be like, hey, do you want to still be here? I still want- I kind of feel like I'm more along that line. Mm-hmm. But there is something so comfortable about being, like, or cozy about right. saying, like, I have this person. Totally. Yeah. I can get why that is, like, so desirable for of sure. Of course. my th- I just have so much 
I don't know where it all comes from. I mean, like from being hurt before, but even in, in the terms of like posting on social media, this, I don't know if anyone else can resonate with this, but like, I don't feel like I need to post on my accounts about my person because that's like, I use mine for business. Mm -hmm. So I, I post some of myself, some of my life, but I've learned the hard way of like, I used to put everything online with my boyfriends and it felt like I made him feel less loved until the cameras were on. Mm. So it's like, oh, I would never want to make someone feel that way. So now I don't put my relationship online. I'm the same. And that, I don't know, has it ever affected you in dating when people are like, why don't you put me on your social media? It's like, this is, that's not why I'm dating you. I want to be with you in person. I don't need to like show the world our love because of like someone's insecurities. Like you should know that I love you here. It actually makes me uncomfortable sometimes when People post about their relationship a lot in really intimate ways. Mm. I almost feel like, whoa, 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 I don't want to see this. You know, like somebody straddling somebody in bed, like, just woke up in Monaco. It's just (laughs) like... Whoa, that's not how you wake up, first of all. <laughs> you had to you, put this you did on a not, tripod. Yeah, you did not wear that lingerie to sleep. I know how itchy that is, <laughs> you know. So it's it's kind of weird when people get—I I, I think it's sweet if people want to post about their wife or girlfriend mm-hmm. or whatever— um, but sometimes it's way too much information, but I'm with you. I don't like posting about my significant other very much because it feels like it's a private thing that you want to keep to yourself and it's special and it doesn't really belong to anybody too. else. I agree. I know that uh, I have some friends that their significant other forces them to post stuff because Ugh. they don't feel loved in the relationship. And so they're like, put it on social media and then that takes care of yeah. it. And I, I have not heard of that scenario before. It's crazy. It's, it's kind of way more more prevalent than you would think. Crazy. It sh- sounds like an insecurity of them. It really well, is. Well, for sure, yeah. A lot of it is like, if you show the world that you love me, then like, we're fine, even if we're not. Like, anytime that people start ramping up and posting more frequently about them in a in their relationship, it's like, something is wrong. In Instantly, which is probably me thinking the wrong thing, but I'm going, oh, they're going through a rough patch. Mm. And it's like, that's probably not true, mm-hmm. for, of course, for all of them. But yeah. like, for some of them, it is. Yeah. Because I know firsthand that like, people will ask that. Mm-hmm. If someone asked that for me, I think I would have to break up with them. Is yeah, that, I think that that is a real big red flag. Like, I, I really. agree. It's crazy. It is crazy. <laughs> Dating in this day and age is so insane. Oh, it's so nutty. And oh. I don't know what's going to happen. with like, as I've tried dating apps, and it's just like, it's not the same as just meeting someone in person or mutual mm. friends. But then the issue with mutual friends is like, if something doesn't work out, then y- your friend group is divided. Mm-hmm. There's no winning. It is really, that's why when you find somebody that you feel comfortable with and you can be your silly self with, that's when it comes into like, can I figure out these things that don't work because it's so rare to find somebody that you do connect with. Right. But what if it's the pheromones that are not there? What do I do? Do I buy different body wash for him? What do I do? <laughs> Maybe. It, that's so bad, though. You've heard of like sniff dating. Have you heard of that? It's like you no. put a garment that you've worn in a bag. And then I don't know. I've never been. But I'm imagining that they like, write whatever, a number or something. And you open up the bags and you take a big whiff. And if you're into it, then you meet each other. Let's if you go. If you guys, okay, <laughs> should we stop this early and go sniff dating? Why does that, that sound so seem, weird? Yeah, it seems so creepy. It does seem creepy, but then it's like a true. I bet it works. You know, like when you really love someone and like they leave their shirt at your house. I remember when I was 20, I was dating this guy and he left a shirt at my house or I like I borrowed a shirt of his or something like that. And I like used it as a blanket, like mm-hmm. next to my face for like two weeks. Mm-hmm. Okay, dare to be weird, but <laughs> do you ever... Talking about smells, sometimes when a guy that I really like was sweaty and he had his B.O. all out, I was like, yeah, give it to me. Like, it just (laughs) smells so good. Like, if you really love somebody, sometimes their body odor smells good. Yeah. I mean, that's just like pheromones that have gone rotten, right? (laughs) Rotten pheromones. Yeah. That doesn't make it sound as attractive. (laughs) Spoiled sweaty pheromones. Body odors sounded more attractive to me. (laughs) I know I would I think at one I was so fatal for this guy the same t-shirt guy that I think he traveled overseas and instead of like 
I don't know why I was like, this will help me not miss him as much. I bought like a travel size of his cologne and just like sprayed it when I missed him. That's so cute. <laughs> is it? Oh my gosh. That is cute. I feel like it would have the opposite effect though. It would make you miss, miss him, him more. more. Oh. It would for me, for sure. Like, cause it's a reminder. Like, yeah. you know, I, can I ask a question? Absolutely. For somebody like you, I mean, you have your own perception of you and like I mm. just stalk you online, but <laughs> like how is it going on dating apps? Because I would imagine you meet so many interesting people in your job and work and traveling and, you know, podcasts, just mm-hmm. in everything. How is that when you meet people in person and is it almost an overload? Because sometimes I feel like when, when my friends work in an office job and they see the same people every day, they don't have as much kind of temptation as meeting so many people that are new and different every single day in different cities or whatever. Yeah. I feel like online, I don't really meet up with many people. I, I was like on, what are the dating apps? Tinder, Bumble, um, Hinge, and Raya are like the main ones. Mm-hmm. So I think I was on... Bumble, I had signed up for Bumble the first day, uh, or like I've been on it before. I went on one day and met a good friend of mine and that was fun. But like after a couple months of not doing it, that's like the whole cycle of it is like download, talk, delete, yeah. download, talk, delete. And you always end up deleting it, yeah. but then you always end up re-downloading it. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if that counts more for them. Like, does that count as two downloads if you delete oh. and download it again? So maybe we're doing them a favor by getting, like, exasperated by it enough to leave. And then we come back. (laughs) But, like, I I don't love that I don't have as much privacy as I thought I would like. Because I I signed up for Bumble. And then, like, people on Twitter would screenshot my dating account and then, like, tweet it to me. And was like, you're on Bumble. Or, like, is this on you on Bumble? And it's like, yeah. So stop. Yeah, you know, there's stop. No, there's, stop. There's no room for that. So then I signed up for Raya, which I don't know if um, everyone listening knows what Raya is. Essentially, it's a Bumble or Hinge dating app, but for um, people that are in the entertainment field. So you have to get verified through Instagram in order to get accepted. I think that's like the criteria of it. And you have to have someone basically vouching for you that is like, yes, like Dia can be on this. Yes, Meg can be on this. And then you have to go through your own process to even get on this app. It's also money. I think it's like $8 a month. And I went on that. And I think I, I met up with one guy off of it. But the thing about Raya is like everyone's in this entertainment industry and everyone's like going through the same thing. And so when you're trying to meet someone like for the first time, instead of like talking about real things, you end up talking about your resumes. Yes. And like I hate talking about what I do yes, because I just want to do it for I want to do it for my work and when I talk to people like even in like friend group situations we're we're all like acting in and producing things and it's like a it's our job and we like it but I also don't ever want to talk about my work I would rather like talk about our fears and what's going on with you and like what was really great about your week or like anything that's like deeper than just like our day-to-day it just feels so annoying to me and so like when I have to do that on a date then I'm like, okay, talk to me about like how your parents are. Like, did you feel loved or what? Like, let's get into it. Yeah, it is true. It re- LA feels like just resumes. And I mean, it, it is the same thing. The last thing I want to talk about is how you get a song and a TV show or like what <laughs> it is like writing for sync in the studio or, or anything like that. It just feels weird. Right. And I think it's the easiest thing to talk about is like, what do you do? Like everyone asks that because I think we're all, when we don't know anybody, we're all just like, uh, here's this topic that we could maybe talk about because we all know what's going on. But at the same time, it's like first dates in general. I think I've mentioned this before is like, they seem like job interviews. You're basically Mm -hmm. going on a job interview or auditioning for the next date. Yeah. And you're like, oh my God, when can we like take our masks masks Mm -hmm. off and just be who we are? Why can't we just talk about food for an hour? <laughs> I'm in. That's what I would talk about. <laughs> When's the last first date that you've been on? Um, <laughs> yesterday. Yesterday? And I actually had a really great date that wasn't about any of this. Oh, so while you, oh amazing. <laughs> Set the scene. Okay. So I've been in a relationship for 10 years. We broke up. I didn't think I was ever going to go on another date again. Because, you know, that's what you think. You know. like, I'm never going to go on another date again. So that was, so we broke up in February. So yesterday was my first date since that 10-year— In 10 oh, years. my God. Actually, it was her second since date. Since I was 24. Megan, wow. it was your second date. 
She she went on a hike. It was your second date. She went on a hike the first date, and she wouldn't call it a date because it was a hike. And I was like, <laughs> um, it's a freaking date. And then she's like, no, it's not a date. I said, did he come pick you up? Yes, it's a date. So it's your second date. But go on. Okay, but also, do you guys have guy friends that you go hiking with? Like, yes. I do. Do well, they pick you up for the hike, Megan? Yeah. Well, no, I met him there, and I didn't think it was a date, and then it ended up being a date. Oh, so, so this is confusing. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> second date. I knew that this was a date because he paid for the meal. Okay. He opened all my doors. Oh, my God. He said that I looked lovely against the L.A. skyline, Aww. but not in a creepy way, and in such a genuine way. Wait, how could that and be creepy? That's so nice. I, I don't know. Like, babe, you look hot from the... I don't know. I'm really... <laughs> I'm proud of nature well, and I don't God's know. gift yeah. of the earth. <laughs> But you guys, it was like, it was talking about food and talking about like social issues and like what we were passionate about, like not just in work. And like, <sighs> it was so genuine and about like, a, like my breakup, which I wasn't like, oh, I got, I wasn't like baggage stuff. It's just like moving forward and changing and growing and accepting that it's okay to not be perfect. And just yeah. like the conversations, I was just like, I really hate that I'm loving talking to you right now. Interesting. Maybe we're going on dates with the wrong people. <laughs> Do I, uh, what I'm is so happening? sorry because I want to relate, but I actually had like a really great date and I just have to say that. Stand in your power, girl. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't think it was going to go well, like just because it, it's been so long, like yeah. 10 years that everybody's like dating sucks, dating sucks. And I was like, okay, dating sucks, I guess. But it was so fun. I'm so happy you had a great time. Are you going to see him again? For sure. For sure. Yeah. I love it. I'll go on this third date. <laughs> Dia, you can come. <laughs> I'm fully the prepared. Water and the blankets. <laughs> Mom has come. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Toy Story 4? I haven't seen that. I can't wait. I'll grab my jacket. <laughs> Just a look on his face. Wonderful. Wonderful. I, I think we have set the tone of where we're at. We'll take a quick break and then we'll help some other people. How does that sound? Yes. So good. Okay. We'll be right back. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. And we're back. Right now, we are going to take a voice message from someone that needs our help. But before we actually get into that, I wanted to know if you guys have something that you're completely obsessed with that you recently discovered that you need everyone else to know about? Like a, a product? Anything. It could be like a TV show, a product, a way of living, oh a song, a cut of jean. It could be anything. Oh, I know what Meg's obsessed with. She's obsessed with Bay Ice Cream in oh, Little Tokyo. Bay Ice Cream? So what I'm obsessed with. What yeah. is that? It's this little spot called Bay, B-A-E, and they have um, Fruity Pebbles ice oh cream that God. Meg like literally is like, do we have time to go to Bay? Do we have time to go to Bay? Even <laughs> I'm not an ice cream person. Yeah. Until really. I came here. She, ba- she could eat like one spoonful. And even when we were recording the music video for American Spirit, they gave us 30 minutes to go grab lunch. And Meg was like, can we go to Bay instead of lunch? What? <laughs> and then, like, we couldn't go. And then the next day, I was like, hey, Tia, can we go to Bay today? Oh and she's like, who are you? Yeah. So that's Meg's obsession. No, that's a good one. What's my obsession? Can you think of one? Yeah, give each mm. other your obsessions. That's it's so cute. Lately. Matcha. They're both oh, food. yeah. They're both food. I have to have matcha in the morning or I go crazy. You do that every day. I'd say you're pretty into matcha. Yeah. That's good. I'm trying to think of what mine would be food-based. We're both just staring (laughs) at what. I'm like, have I ever had food before? Let's see. Ding, ding, ding. I I mean, hmm. What's been really good lately? It's hard to tell. The Fruity Pebbles thing sounds incredible. Oh, my God. You should go try it. Where is it? It's in little Tokyo, right by like the little cute area with all the lights. I'm surprised I don't know the literal address. Hamasushi. Right so it's five minutes away. I'm hearing it's five minutes away. What? It's quite close. Maybe we'll what? go. What? <laughs> okay. Maybe I'll meet someone there that I like their pheromones. <laughs> oh my god! I almost can't wait. I can't wait to find that person and just go like, oh, we've done it. Ugh. We've done it. Yeah. We found each other and we've done it. Yeah. That would be so cool. 
It's hard, though, because whenever anybody talks about a, a person like that, they always say things like, I never thought I would meet somebody until I found this person and I just knew. And I hate when people say that. Really? That doesn't give you hope. It doesn't give me hope. It just makes me feel like I've missed something <laughs> and I'm like blindly walking down the wrong path while everybody is, you know, in the know. Yeah. But I feel like it's the, it'll feel like the wrong path until it's the right path. Does that make sense? Like you're on the path and you're like, is this the wrong path? Oh my God. I have no idea. Oh my God. I'm, it's the right path. Here's this person. I don't know. I just have a visual of me being 70 and alone in a cabin. <laughs> At least you're in a cabin. That's kind of nice. That's true. It's nicely decorated. It smells good. <laughs> <laughs> it's just decorated with the cologne of all your exes mm-hmm. just in one no. suicide cologne. Uh, uh, that's what it's called, right? Suicide in the fountain drinks when you get like a little bit of each. Is it? Oh, I yeah. think it's called that. That's intense. Yeah, I thought you went real dark there. Oh, no, no, no. Like, <laughs> that was too dark. Whoa. No, I think that's what it's called. <laughs> yeah. I went to Burger King yesterday and uh, they have Surge. Do you remember Surge? It's like, no, like lemon- Mountain Dew. Yeah, it's like Mountain Dew plus Sprite put together, but like for the 90s, it's that- back. That sounds gross. Yeah, it is. <laughs> what are things that you loved as a kid that you wouldn't Ooh. eat today ever, like Spam? I fish ate sticks. It. Oh, fish sticks were so good. They're Probably so good. McDonald's. What? Oh, I love McDonald's. I don't know. I'm like a Wendy's. Um, I don't know all the other ones, but McDonald's, I feel like I just can't eat. Really? I, I think I just heard a weird story about their chicken nuggets. Maybe it may or may I not mean, there was like a beacon one. Yeah, yeah. <gasps> and then after that, I was like, I can't. But I don't know. It probably should be fine. Mm. It probably should be fine. (laughs) Um, Okay, I'll give you guys the choice. We have two questions to choose from. One of them is called tone deaf, and one of them is called boyfriend's friend. Oh, wow. Which I can go in depth a little bit more to see. Something is being uncomfortable. I feel like boyfriend's friend would be. Let's go boyfriend's friend. Okay, here comes. Because I'm definitely not going to know the answer to this, so let's let's try this. (laughs) Okay, here we go. Hey, Megan. I'm currently 23 years old, and my boyfriend and I have been dating for just over a year. At the beginning of my relationship, my boyfriend was super upfront and honest with me and made sure I was okay with the fact that his best friend was was a girl, which I was. And I even met her. She's super nice, and we got along really well. However, as time went on, I noticed they were always texting each other, good morning, good night, what are you up to, talking on the phone, sending pictures, updating basically every time every time of the day and just overall they were like really really close i spoke up about how the relationship was making me uncomfortable and how i'd prefer if they could hang out but have certain boundaries in place when they together they're together however he said he would just stop being friends with her altogether but i didn't want him to do that i urged him not to do that but I just wanted to make sure that he knew that overall I was really uneasy about the whole dynamic. Was I wrong bringing it up and telling him that he shouldn't do certain things with her? Is it bad that my boyfriend responded that way? Can you help me? Thanks, Megan. <laughs> oh, I want to hug her. Have you ever been in a situation like this, dating someone where their best friend was of the opposite sex or a sex that was, like, threatening to who you were? No, but I have a girlfriend that is going through this same situation right now. What did you tell her? Well, she just kind of told me how she came to terms with it because I guess it's happened before. And then this girl came back into Mm. her boyfriend's life and she said that— she just learned to be comfortable, and she had him write down a written document of the boundaries that he wouldn't cross. Oh. And that they both agreed to that. That's interesting. Um, as far as this young young lady, um, ooh, that, is a, that is real something, isn't it? it? I feel like if you feel uneasy, then I, I don't know. If you were dating— If you had a best guy friend and you were dating somebody, I feel like you would make sure they – it's on you to make sure they feel super comfortable with the situation, right? Yeah. Well, I think that, like, meeting people, if you have, like you're saying, dating someone that's your best friend, regardless, like, the person that you're dating, I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm on the clock. (laughs) That was a Slack notification for everyone that's never heard that before. (laughs) 
Uh, if you're dating someone, I think that it's, yeah, it's your responsibility to make sure everyone is on the same page with it. Like the your best friend and your significant other should lo- also love each other. And if not, they should just like get along with each other for the sake of you. But like I have a best friend that's a guy, but we don't talk on the phone all the time. And if we do, like it's it's a couple minutes. It's maybe like five minutes, 10 minutes, just catching up every now and then. But like every day and then good morning, good night, what are you up to? Yep. That good morning, good night thing is probably the bit that sounded the most intimate out of everything. Right. I say no. To what? (laughs) Just a general no? (laughs) I I tell, I'm telling her to bail because- I'm also telling her to bail. All the way. Yep. Yeah. This is the thing. Like- Sometimes when in my when I was younger and my relationships, I think I would make like kind of a lot of excuses and try to like, "Mm, maybe it's okay. I think I can force them into this box. Maybe, maybe. Uh, And then I think that you just kind of have to be like, it's like a respect for yourself type of thing. Yeah. Like I'm going to treat myself right. And if this person isn't loving me the way that I think I deserve to be loved, then I can let them go. Right. And I think that takes a certain level of confidence and like security in yourself where like being 23, nothing about age. But like when I was 23, I did not have that. And I think I'm only oh, for sure. I, didn't I think have I'm that. getting that now. Like I'm 28 now. And I think I'm just learning like to cut things off that aren't serving me. And I had seen something online the other day that was like red flags stop being red flags when your confidence. Oh, wait, I don't want to ruin it. Talk amongst yourselves really quickly while I find this. Well, I think that, yeah, there seems to be some insecurities from her side and his side. and But that's intense. I, I have so many good male friends, and I feel like, you know, David never calls me for hours or texts me goodnight or anything. That's really intense Yeah, that's beyond that, a friendship. That's, yeah. That's, that's flirting. It's flirting. Yeah. This says, as we gain confidence in ourselves, red flags are no longer red flags. They are deal breakers. Oh, damn. And I'm like, yes, I legit had to like last week clean Mm -hmm. up a bunch of like ties that I've just kind of like frivolously had everywhere. And I think like when I had to explain it to one of these boys that I was like, hey, I don't feel emotionally like that anymore. When I, I dated him a couple of summers ago and it was like I had to tell him that I wasn't in a space that I was honest with myself way back when because I didn't want to, number one, hurt you, but I also didn't want to, like, be as upfront and feel like I was doing something bad. So instead of being like, we are not compatible, this isn't right for either of us, let's just, like, cut our losses and be friends, instead I was like, it's because of this reason, it's because of this reason, kind of, like, dancing around the truth, and then now it's like, of of course that's not the right thing to do because you're letting someone go, but not all the way. So mm-hmm. they still like hold like a flame of hope mm-hmm. for if maybe something might happen versus being like, nah, dude, this isn't going to happen. And like, let's move on from here. Yeah. But, but, but that's not easy. Like what you just no. said, like even now, like I'm 34 and I would still like, it took me a long time out of, out of my relationship. I mean, my relationship was long and I'm, I'm older obviously, but like, it's so hard to, it's sometimes it's hard to let go. Like we were talking about changing. Like it's hard to let go. It's oh, hard to yeah. face the truth. It's hard to be honest with with each other and say, you know, like we'll be better off kind of like on our own or, or morphing our relationship into a friendship perhaps. Like right. that takes so much courage. So much. And, and authenticity. And it's hard to get to that point. It is probably the hardest thing. It, is, it would be really hard to get to that point. Yeah. I also don't think that you could get to that point without doing so much work on yourself. And, like, yeah. people that are have been 23 have been. People that are 23 <laughs> haven't, like, reached the part in— I feel like once you get a, in your later 20s is when you really start, like, soul-searching, I guess, and, like, figuring out who you are. Because before, we're just winging it. I mean, no, I think we're always going to be winging it. Yeah. But at least now we're, like— analyzing our our winging it and go Mm -hmm. like how does this show up in the rest of our life how do I use this like story that I've told myself about myself from so long how is that affecting how I move forward what are my relationships like how am I showing up in the world like it's you don't get to that until you until a lot of shit happens to you and you go okay now I need to look at myself so I also would say to get out of this as well because it doesn't if it makes you feel bad don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> like it should, you shouldn't do yeah. it. Yeah. And and also, like, I think that the, the thing that would have helped me 
before in previous relationships would be like, you think that you're stuck there. You think mm-hmm. that there aren't other options, but you're you're not stuck. Like yeah. you're not like you, you can you can leave and it's going to be okay and you're going to find somebody else. It just doesn't seem like that right now. It doesn't <laughs> seem like that. Right. 1000%. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people and I've been in this situation too and that's why it is so hard to like finally break something off because you're like, well, if I break this off, then I have truly nothing. Then I am actually alone versus like kind of suffering subtly until you get the courage to to go away but then in in doing that like you're both you're not being respectful to you or the person that you're dating so you're you're already hurting everybody by not being upfront and i guess in a way hurting them in one fell swoop versus yeah. like trickling this like ivy of mean and pain yeah you know yeah ah well, she's got three no's. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. I don't think I've ever given, like, a definitive answer either. Wow. But, like, I'm I'm just like, you'll find someone that, <laughs> like, will yeah. do that to you if you that's will. an issue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The one thing I, I will say that is nice. Oh, that was about your friend. I was like, is that they made a list of boundaries, but that was your friend. Yeah. Yeah. That seems like something I would do. But yeah. I would also hope that it wouldn't have to come down to that. Right. Yeah. You don't want to be policing your boyfriend. You just want to be his girlfriend. I always find myself, if if I'm ever in a relationship where I feel like I'm playing other roles, like I'm playing your mom right now, Mm. I'm playing your therapist, I'm playing your financial advisor. Right? No, no, no. I just want to be your girlfriend. I want to be the person you come home to and we order pizza and watch TV. I don't want to be policing you either. That just sounds, ugh, it's too much. Yeah, that's so true. I think that we all are kind of like, when we get into a relationship, we're kind of hoping that all this, this one person will be all of those roles and like will be oh. our motivator and will be our therapist and will oh, be like yeah. our dad. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh my God, we shouldn't do that. But like, mm-hmm. I still do. I'm still like, oh, you're the answer for everything. And that's not the case. I definitely still do that. Yeah, I'm so used to like mm-hmm. putting all of my eggs in their basket when it's like, no, this basket is so tiny. Yeah. We only have the egg for love. Yeah. Stop putting all these other eggs in here. Even just the the two eggs of like friend and lover. Like yeah. sometimes like you you can have other friends, not right. friends that text you in the morning and in the evening, hello, <laughs> you know, good morning, good night. But like friendship and like other kinds of companions, different kinds of people, you know, like your lover cannot be everything for you. Yeah, I think the quicker we realize that, the quicker we can feel happiness and feel like we can commit forever once we're like, oh, you're not the answer for everything. You're just the answer, not just the answer, but like you're the answer for my heart. Mm -hmm. That's the most important thing. I haven't gotten to that point yet, but that will be very exciting when I do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I feel whole. Do you feel whole? (laughs) I feel good. I feel really good about this conversation. Today's a good day. And everybody. Everybody could be that way. Every day could be that way. Ah, we can do anything in our lives. That's so cool. (laughs) That is so true. Now I'm hype. Okay, we've helped this girl. Best of luck to you in navigating this circumstance. Anytime you get into what, actually, this would be a good little um, wrap up for this tip or this question. What tip would you give of anyone getting into a relationship? Like if, if this girl went on to another relationship after this one or any person into a new one, what's like one piece of advice that is kind of like a, a blanket statement? Mm-hmm. Don't, don't get into a relationship. Oh my gosh, Meg. At all? For a while. Like, oh. don't immediately, oh, don't immediately, like, be like, I'm out of a relationship. I need somebody else. Yes, of course. Like, sit for a while. Yeah. Sit for a while and, like, kind of chill. Yeah. And, like, be be yourself. Find out who that is. Because when you're with somebody, I lost a little bit of myself. Of course. And I had to find who that was again. Mm-hmm. And that took some time. And I wouldn't have found that if I immediately found another support person to be my everything. You know? So I would say, mm. for a minute. Yeah. Don't get in a relationship. I'm so into that. Yeah. I would say pay attention to how they act when things go wrong, when the car breaks down, Mm -hmm. when something bad happens, hopefully not, but pay attention to how people act when things aren't going well, because that's who you're going to be with when shit goes down. I I met this woman who uh, was with her husband. I asked, when did you know he was the one? And she said they were rafting together in Colorado and he had thousands of dollars of camera equipment. He was taking all these photos and somehow the cameras got in the water and they got ruined and she just watched him handle it with so much grace. And he kind of was like, well, 
we're on a trip together. This isn't going to ruin our great trip. Um, that sucks. The cameras are broken, but okay. I'm just going to save up from some new ones. Let's go for, have a picnic. And it was just wow. that moment where she said, this is my husband. I have chills everywhere. Yeah, that's just so nice because, you know, you meet somebody and then all of a sudden something bad happens and they turn into Dr. Jackal and Mr. Hyde and right. treat people rudely or, you know, I'm just having a bad day. So screw this. Or like the barista gives you a coffee and they don't say thank you and all this stuff. And it's just this weird, you know, who is this person all of a sudden? Right. I think that if you want to learn who somebody is really quick within an hour or maybe a couple, travel with them or oh. do an escape room. Like, you will find out who you're dating <laughs> quick. Dia in an escape room will not read the clues, but she'll just go around, like, poking at things and pushing <laughs> buttons and see what she can find. But I got us closer than anybody else. Not trying saying to- your strategy doesn't work. Yeah. Not saying it doesn't work. <laughs> that is good, though. Sometimes when I can't find the clues or, like, the clues don't make sense, I start, like, thinking like an engineer like where are the magnets where oh. are these little like sensors <laughs> and then yeah. I start trying to figure out that sometimes yeah. you need to yeah my advice if you're getting into a relationship is when a problem arises because there will always be some sort of something that is friction or conflict is try to attack the problem as a team like it's you guys versus the problem not you versus your significant other I love that that's mine I've not been able to try it yet because I haven't been in a relationship in a while. You seem ready. I, I feel think like I might be. I feel like soon. you. Yeah, definitely after this conversation, I feel like I'm hyped up now. <laughs> you guys have brought it out of me. Um, okay, usually we have a section called tip jar, which is a couple of them. But since we're running out of time, we will do one closing tip. But since you guys are beautiful singers, I would love to hear a. Tip jar, jingle, doesn't have to be good, doesn't have to be together. So like sing a tip? Sing a, I'm just going to say now for a section section called tip jar, and then you do anything you want. It's called tip jar, so that's all you need to know. Make a little anything you want. Okay, ready? Okay. Okay. And now for a segment called tip jar. Don't give up. Keep an open heart. <laughs> what is this, like a 1920s <laughs> Fitzgerald song all of a sudden? I don't know. Should I, should I do um, what you said? Do that again. Do that again. Don't, don't give up. Keep an open heart. And don't date assholes if you know they're an asshole from the start. Ooh, yeah. I was going to harmonize with you, but I was got so intrigued by your message, so I started snapping. I'll, I'll just I'll produce the snaps, and that's what I can contribute. Oh man, love it. Um, Next song idea. Be nice to people if they hit your car, cause they're probably very angry and going through a divorce. Ooh, that happened. We got hit by a, oh a truck, God. and he was very mad. And he was mad at me because I was like, "Dude, you hit my car," and he said, "You shouldn't be driving such a small car because I'm in a, I'm in a mini Prius." Issue. And uh, then I actually felt bad, and I was like, "I guess I should." And then you know, Meg and I were just chilling out. I'm like, "He's probably going through some stuff, man. Let's just chill." And then we ate some cake. Yeah, we ate <laughs> cake. Okay, and then it's always fine yeah, after cake. That's yeah. true. We had strawberry cheesecake, and we were like, "Uh." It could have been worse. <laughs> this could have been chocolate. <laughs> that was beautiful. Those are two of my first or my favorite songs now. Thank Firstly, you. those are my two favorite songs. Okay, the only tip that I want to ask before we close this up is a tip that you would give to your younger self. We were talking about uh, the the previous girl that wrote in was twenty three years old. So we'll use that. What advice would you give your twenty three year old self Oof. from where you are right mm. now? I got asked this question yesterday on my date. Oh, my God. Whoa, oh, did we go on a date together? <laughs> <laughs> I would say to be patient and slow down because when I was 23, I just wanted everything to happen for me. And I wanted the album to be a gold record. And I wanted to be touring the world and performing with all these crazy people. And I kind of wasn't focused in on writing good songs that connected with me and Um, any show is an opportunity to connect with people. And I felt like I was just so trying to get success that I wasn't really enjoying learning and growing. Like I I have over the years, um, kind of these dry spells have been the times when I've 
honed in on my craft and writing and writing with Meg. And I feel like whenever we've had our darkest times, we've written the best songs together Mm -hmm. because we could just kind of talk things out through music. So I would just tell my younger self to calm the down (laughs) and um, just everything will happen as it should happen. Just keep working hard. I love it. Meg? Um, I would say stop focusing so much on boys. Because (laughs) this is the thing, like media, like Disney princess shows, like teach you, like you need to find a man, you need to find. I don't know. We frozen was different. Yeah, but it's it kind of gets ingrained in you. I think I was always like, no matter what's happening, I I I just felt like, yeah, not complete without a guy. Like even I'm and I'm weird. Like this started in elementary. So you're saying like a 23 year old woman. This started as like a four year old girl. You know, like I need my prince charming. I need the guy. I need the guy. And I think I would say like, dude, like. Look at your friendships. How awesome is your family? How cool are like the red mountains that surround like your like little city? Like enjoy all of that and stop making these weird fantasies and like doing like falling over yourself to get some attention. Right. Say that. I love that. Wow. I would love to talk to my 23-year-old self and just slap her for a second. What? (laughs) Not in a mean way. I'm just like, stop this. Stop, like, all this negative self-talk. Like, you're the one, like, you're getting in your own way. Do you feel like you were negative in in your— Yeah, I also feel like up until recently, like, I've used self-deprecating humor so much, almost like a crutch, because it's like, if I say something bad about myself, even if it's funny, then nobody else can say it first, because I've already already put myself down. So, like, I'm not going to be phased if you say something bad about me, because I already think that. So it was like— Okay, there's got to be a way that all of the self-deprecating humor is also ingraining in me, like a like a fantasy um, from Disney movies. It's like, oh, if you hear this so much, then you're going to start to believe it at some point. Yeah. It was crazy. Yesterday, I will share this one thing before we go away, but yesterday I was eating dinner with a friend and I like blacked out on saying a self-deprecating joke and they were like going with it as like, I don't know. They were yes ending my joke just so we could do some <laughs> improv comedy, I guess, at the table. And then instead of me knowing that I started it, I got really offended because I thought that he had said my insecurities first. But I had said them, but I just blacked out that I had said it. And it created this whole thing. And I was like, I would never, ever say that about myself. And he was like, I don't know what to tell you, but I didn't say it first. And I was like, oh, no. Something is going on with me. Wow. So, yeah, a lot of, like, really huge revelations and changes are happening. And it's very exciting because Mm -hmm. once you start, like, figuring out what the problem is, you can figure out a way to readjust for the better. And, like, to know that the self-deprecating stuff was so inherent that I didn't even know I said it is crazy. It sounds like you're very self-aware though with, I mean, not just even in that situation, but throughout this conversation, it sounds like you're very aware of yourself. Mm. And I think that's so important because I feel like so many people do not investigate themselves and their past. Well, because it's painful. It's so painful. It hurts. Why would you want to do that? Why do you think addiction is a thing? Because it hurts. Right. And it's easier to stay in, like, this ickiness if you've, like, made a home of your Mm -hmm. sorrows and your, like, victim stories. You made a home of it. You've put art on the walls in this, like, glass case of basically, like, not being true or, like, you're being oblivious to actual reality. You're just like, I'm going to make this my space. No one can get in here. And, like, no emotion or love can go out or in. And you're just like, I'm just going to be in this, like, cast of emotions. You, like, cut that cast off. Yeah. That's where the growth happens, for sure. And we're doing it. It's a beautiful day. (laughs) I know. I'm like, now we're so sad. Uh, Megan Dia, this has been very fulfilling for for me. Thank you so much for having us. Of course. Thank you for coming. You guys have a new album coming out, or it will be out by the time this is out. Is that right? Yes, it's out. It's out on Spotify. It's called Happy Sad. Happy Sad. So check it out if you get a moment. Oh my gosh. What did you learn from doing this new project? Did you like discover anything about your artistry or yourselves or your relationship with each other? Um, Man, should we start? another podcast about that question you just asked. I, I feel like um we just realized well at least I realized that we're we're stronger together we took a long break um had a lot of falling outs with each other just sibling things mm-hmm. and um I feel like 
you know, we did a lot of things separately that I wish we would have done together oh. that I always plan on us doing together. And for us to be together now, it's just so kind of magical. It sounds super cheesy, but I feel like I have my best friend again. And especially like in LA, I love it. you know, in LA, when you just feel like you can't trust people and you don't really have somebody that has your back or like they really can support your creative vision. I feel like Meg and I just really support each other. And when we're writing music together, it just feels like we're almost finishing each other's Sentences. <laughs> I did it this time. <laughs> this time. Yeah, last time she's like, we finished each other. And I said something like cornflakes. Like, it just didn't work out. So. <laughs> That's very hilarious. Check out Happy Sad. Where else can people find you on the internet? Aside um, from Spotify. Instagram's just Megan Dia Music. There's mostly pictures of us eating ice cream. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it as much as you love ice cream. (laughs) If you guys listening have a sticky situation or burning concern, please email us at justatipshow at gmail.com and be sure to sign off Sloopus in Seattle style so we don't out your true persona. I had a great time. I don't really want this to end, but it must. So thank you so much. Follow Megan Dia. We're all living a great life. (laughs) Yes. Thank you for having us. You're welcome. That was a HeadGum Podcast.